Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused on Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, looking to open a new location, or opening the first location in the Charleston area, give Lane Commercial Real Estate a call at 843-508-3038 or go to the website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, a podcast where we take a moment each week to meet the leaders who are changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. I am the host of the Building Charleston podcast. I am also the broker in charge at Lane Commercial Real Estate. We're recording this episode on January 24th, 2020 in the Building Charleston studios and also the Lane Commercial offices. It was a cold week to start the week, but we're finally warmed up here. Just another, just another day in the low country. I want to remind everyone that you can uh, not only listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast channels, but thanks to the help of producer Tom Shakti, you can now watch this on Instagram and uh, in full version on YouTube. So Building Charleston takes for-profit companies to make the economy go round, but it also takes not-for-profits. Last season, we got to meet with Katie Blomquist from Going Places, and we got a really positive response from her episode. It's been way too long since we had another not-for-profit on. So today, we are welcoming Elena Lawson from the Charleston Animal Society. If you've ever wanted to rescue a pet or if you've had a pet who's been a large part of your life, this is probably going to be an episode that you're going to want to be a part of. So with that, Elena... Welcome to the Building Charleston Podcast. Thank you for having me. So for the listeners out there who are saying, who is Elena Lawson? Tell us who you are. I would say I'm an average Charlestonian now. I've been here for about 19 years. Okay. So I moved here in um, 2000. I consider myself somewhat local. Uh Um, How'd you make it to Charleston? Well, I actually, I went to college in North Carolina. And then when I was finished, I decided to, to come to Charleston. Okay. And was there any kind of catalyst to Charleston or you just said, hey, listen, I like the region and this place looks like it's up and coming? I knew I didn't want to go home to the (laughs) cold New England uh, winters and some of my friends from college, we looked at the area and... Well, loved it. I know you're from originally from New Hampshire. I, uh, I was telling you before this show that I had a friend who lives in New Hampshire, and he sent me a screenshot of his dashboard earlier this week, and it was negative seven. Certainly not jealous of, of anything like that. Their cold is certainly a different cold than we have. So you work at uh, Charleston Animal Society. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what Charleston Animal Society is. Yeah, so Charleston Animal Society, we take care of around 90% of the animals in Charleston County. You know, they come in as strays, um, people bringing them in, mm-hmm. cruelty cases different things like that. So they come in from the community. We take care of them. We microchip, vaccinate, 
spay and neuter them, get them ready to go back out into the community mm-hmm. and find homes for them. Okay. And, so. and, and what's your kind of geographic region? Because I think I was, I was really surprised before the show we started taping and you got, you were telling me a little bit more about it. What, what's your geographic footprint here in Charleston? Yeah. So all of Charleston County. So even if you're, you know, in the Mount Pleasant area, the West Ashley area, if you have a pet and you know, they were to God forbid, <clears throat> go missing mm-hmm. in the area, we do partner with animal control. So any of those animals are brought to us. Okay. So. And how does that typically work? So if I saw, if I was going, you know, driving down the street and I saw, you know, a dog that was maybe not being looked after or whatever, would I, would I call the police to then call you or do they? Yeah. So with that, you can actually uh, request to have an animal welfare check done. So if you see, God forbid, you know, an animal out on the chain and you Mm -hmm. see this animal there all the time, they have no food, they have no water. You could call animal control and say, Hey, can you please do an animal welfare check and they will do that anonymously too, which a lot of people don't know. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. So, so how did you get involved with Charleston Animal Society? Do you have, well, let me back up. Do you have any pets? Was that a contributing factor? Okay. We do, yeah. Um, we actually, we have a little Chihuahua Jack Russell who he came into the shelter with a cleft palate, which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. It does, it's not very common with dogs and asked my husband if we could foster him and uh, what are called foster failures now. That's where you end up keeping them. That's probably one of the best things you could be a failure at. Sure. But he had, you know, the surgeries done and then, you know, going through all that with him, we just could not give him up. So how often does that happen? Um, with the cleft palates or no, uh, sorry with uh, the, the foster, foster failures. Yeah. yeah, quite often. Okay. And, and we like that. Okay. So, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for my own personal you know experience when, uh, I also have a chihuahua and yeah. when, uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time said, we're going to get this, you know, get this little chihuahua. I thought, uh, boy, I, I'm not a little dog kind of guy. And mm-hmm. I kind of saw myself as kind of a foster parent boy, you know, we're just taking this dog in for a bit and is this really going to last? And, you know, lo and behold, 10 years later, he's my best friend and, uh, you know, he's a great guy. So maybe I'm a foster failure on, on, on some ways, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think if you're, if you're going to fail somewhere, foster failure is a, you know, a, a good, a good way to go. So what makes Charleston Animal Society unique from maybe others? What, what, we are the oldest animal organization in South Carolina. So mm-hmm. we've been around since 1874. And back in the day, you know, it was a different mission. Well, it's always been the same, preventing cruelty to animals. Mm-hmm. So that's probably our largest, you know. Okay. That was Charles Animal animal society evolved over the years i hear 1874 i'm thinking you know horses and maybe a few dogs and yeah. now now it sounds like you've taken in 52 different species if, if, yeah if, yeah How, so it's um i mean it's definitely grown back in the day you know it was a, a very small facility it used to be located next to the jail so it really did have that pound name to it so it's grown by leaps and bounds over the years yeah. okay interesting so. and outside of cats and dogs which i'm sure are probably the most common what 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 are other common animals that find their um, way to your we have the guinea pigs bunnies some of the the ones that have been pretty interesting though we had a, a 900 pound pig actually <laughs> i don't know if you all heard about this where it fell off the truck on 526 and we actually found a home for that <laughs> so was, was the pig on the way to becoming bacon it was okay. and came to the shelter you know we took care of babe is the, the pig's name and now it's living out on john's island with the family and another pig so we've had peacocks we've had all sorts of different horses so where does all the food come from that you to, you know to feed, i can just 
imagine what it takes to feed a 900 pound pig. Yeah. What, where, where's, where's the food come from? Yeah. So we, we do have a partner with um, Science Diet who feed, you know, the animals while they're at the shelter. Mm-hmm. But then we do operate a food bank. So whenever you see us doing, you know, these food drives out in the community, that is all used for our food bank that we operate seven days of the week. So people can come in and, you know, get food for their animals. And then that's the number one reason that a person would give up a pet is because they can't feed them. Okay. So I love when I'm talking to people about, you know, some people may not be the biggest animal lovers, but, you know, you're helping people too. So by donating food, you're helping a family keep their pet. So So I got to imagine that every single day you're seeing something hopefully really, you know, awesome come out of Mm -hmm. what is maybe a, you know, a, a, a tough situation. Is there any moment or experience that maybe gets you through the bad days or maybe just brings a smile to your face and say, Hey, this is, this is just an awesome experience. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been so many people probably recall the story of Caitlin, the dog who she came in with her nose bound with tape and basically, you know, her owner had done that to her. And then we were brought in on the animal cruelty side and really helped to fight the case. And the uh, solicitor actually ended up adopting her afterwards, but she came in, you know, with such a horror, after such horrible abuse. And she actually spoke to, you know, people who, you know, had been through like domestic abuse, things like that. Just through this animal, we were able to help, you know, so many other animals and people heal just through, you know, what she had been through and how well she was doing. So that's probably one of the. The biggest thing. There's, there's a special place in hell for someone who's taping up a dog's mouth. That's got to be tough to see, but it sounds like, you know, through, yeah, through some Something tough so stuff. horrible, you know, yeah. good came out of it. So, yeah. So, what are the goals, if you will, of Charleston Animal Society? Is it awareness? Is it obviously, you know, saving individual pets? Is, mm-hmm. it, is that it? Is there more? Or is it really that? Is it? Yeah, no, um, so we are a no-kill community, and one of our missions right now is we've got a no-kill South Carolina team, Mm -hmm. and what we would love to see is the whole state go to a no-kill state, so that's not easy, Mm -hmm. considering, you know, Charleston, we're really blessed with the community that we have. When you get out into some of these rural areas, you know, they may not have what, you know, we have here in Charleston, so we're working with those groups around the state to sort of train them on some of the things we do here that they can actually implement in, you know, these smaller communities. So. That, that's got to be tough because I think of, obviously, dogs come in or, or a cat or some pets had a tough tough situation mm-hmm. and to know that, you know, killing it is, is not an option. Is there, you know, for, for some of the more challenging pets, is there is there a therapy program or is there a process to kind of yeah. get them not rehabilitated, but to a spot where they can go to an appropriate family? Yeah, yeah. There's there's all sorts of different things. You know, there's there's some um, sanctuaries where, you know, animals who may not be able to be adopted out, they can go out to. We have a behavior program, you know, when the animals come in, the dogs are all um, behavior tested, you know, behavior testing a cat yep. may not be as... <laughs> As easy, but yeah. So, so what's the process then? If I'm listening to this podcast and I think, boy, you know what? It's right for us to get a, a pet or boy, maybe we've got some extra rooms that we can become a foster failure. What's that process look like? Do they go to your, your, yeah. your shelters or? Yeah, so we have um, a few different things they could do. They could start out on our website. We do a list. We try to stay as up to date as we can, but we're always so busy. And, you know, volunteers help us with taking pictures of the animals and getting them on the website. So they could, if they're just sort of, you know, Starting their search, they can go there and um, look at who we have available. Mm -hmm. They can come in to visit the shelter. We also have a couple of cool new programs that we started, one called Pause Around Town, where you can actually come in and take a dog out for the day. 
And you come in at 10, you have to be back by four, but you could take them out on Facebook. If you follow the um, Pause Around Town page, it's the cutest page you'll see. Um, you can see all the adventures people take them on. <laughs> so that's um, something that's pretty cool. And then also we're starting a sleepover program with Pause Around Town where they could take them for the weekend and then bring them back. And, and you have to fill out the foster application just uh-huh. so we have everybody's information on, you know. Uh-huh. doing so yeah well, hopefully uh, hopefully someone's listening to this out there and they say boy sleepover party yeah <laughs> and with the, the pause around town too i think it's cool for businesses too you take them around you know let them visit some of your clients uh, you know it's just sort of a neat thing that you could do Boy, here we go. <laughs> we got one dog. Maybe we get two out of this. Yep. So what are some of the events that Charleston Animals Society does? So I assume, you know, donations are always a big part of it. But what are some of the events that Charleston Animals Society does to, I guess, bring awareness and, and raise some money? Yeah. So we have our um, gala coming up in April. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be down at the Gilliard downtown. That's going to be called Frisky A Go-Go. So sort of your 70s theme and tickets and sponsors are needed for that. So that's, you know, that'll be a fun time. And then our largest fun Razor for the shelters. The um, it'll be our 20th anniversary of our chili cook-off and oyster roast, and usually see around 6,000 people out there. There's chili teams. There's oysters. This year, I think we're going to have five bands. A lot of fun, and it won number one Low Country event. It's so. uh, for those listening from outside of the Low Country and have never experienced an <laughs> oyster roast. It is fantastic. One of the first things I got to do when I came down here, I absolutely fell in love. This is going to be airing on uh, the Monday after the, the Boone Hall Oyster Roast. So if you're listening to this on Monday, just know that I might be a little bit, uh, you know, walk around a little bit slow, as will half of Charleston, because we've all had a good time at the Oyster Roast. So when it comes to putting on these events, what's needed? Do you need volunteers? Do you need, so it sounds like sponsors. What, how does yeah, that break down? Um, yeah, especially with the chili cook-off, we're, we're actively looking for committee members who want to get involved. Sponsors, we look for chili teams, people who like to cook. But, you know, a lot. So how, <laughs> so how many chili teams do you have? Um, we've had over 100. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. there's a competition, so people are voting. And- competition, yeah. So. yeah. And we have some of the uh, celebrity chef judges from around the Charleston area who help us with that. And, and does the, the, the income that you make off of those, is that your primary yeah. source of income or is there... Yeah, that's part of it. Then we have grants, we have individual donors, you know, investments. So it's a, a huge, you know... Mm-hmm. All different ways of raising money. Okay. Yeah. And and so I guess big picture then with Charleston Animal Society, what are the resources that you're kind of full on right now and what are you lacking? Um, I mean, food is something we always need for the community because, you know, we'll fill the shelves and then, you know, a week goes by and then they're empty again because people are always coming in. Mm-hmm. So food is always great. You know, blankets, if you're ever, you know, moving and clearing out, you know, your old towels, your old blankets. We need that just because we always like to make sure the animals have something soft in their cage with them. So that's needed. Volunteers, you know, giving the gift of your time, fosters, Mm -hmm. the gift of your home. And a lot of that's on our website. Okay. So So if I I was listening to this and I said, geez, I really want to, I really want to get involved. Uh, I want to do something. Go to the website is probably the best way to go. Yeah, yeah. And And then two other things that are really easy, too, because I know people love Amazon now sometimes. So there's Amazon Smile where you can choose the shelter when you shop. And then Facebook fundraisers. Those are huge, too. Okay. Two ways to... uh get back. So, all right. So let's go a little bit big picture now on kind of not-for-profits in Charleston. Mm -hmm. What do you think we're doing right here with with not-for-profits in Charleston and what maybe is 
lacking? What's your take on the overall not-for-profit scene? I mean, there's so many amazing nonprofits in the Charleston area, you know, that support so many different missions. So, I mean, I, th- I think we're doing a really good job. I mean, mm-hmm. every area from wildlife to children to, you know, animals, I, I feel like everything is being, mm-hmm. you know, being touched in some way. So I think we're doing a great job. Okay, yeah. good. So let's do um, two questions here. They're kind of off topic. They're more just kind of based on you and, and Charleston in general. To you, what's the best part about living in Charleston? Just the low country itself. I mean, being near the ocean, you mm-hmm. know, we've got Shem Creek here in Mount Pleasant, which is just beautiful. Dolphins. You can see the dolphins every mm-hmm. time we're out. Just so much to do. There's always something. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite thing to do? If, yeah. um, so do you have a go-to tough. spot? Yeah. Uh, Shem Creek. Yeah. Shem Creek. <laughs> see the dolphins. Now do you go, do you go out on the, the canoes? Do you go out on a boat? Yeah, we, we do the kayaking. And then also, I mean, even just um, taking advantage of the beautiful park there. It's mm-hmm. just such, such a great area. How often do you see the dolphins there? More often than not. Every time you're yeah, out there, that was, when I Before I moved down here, my friend Rob took me there, and yeah. we were out there having a drink, and, and I got to see the dolphins go by, and I just, I thought yeah. it was the coolest thing, and to this day, every time I see them going by, it's pretty awesome. Even, I took my boys to Isle of Palms this summer, uh-huh. and I think it was the second or third time we were at the beach, and, you know, the little dolphins were kind of just yeah. going back and <laughs> forth, and my boys were totally losing their mind. I thought it was pretty cool, so... At this point, I uh, we start winding down the podcast. I got to ask you the question that I ask you know every guest who comes on as we kind of close down here. If I were to ask you what your hope or vision for Charleston is over the next uh, five ten years, what's your vision for Charleston? Um, I would love to see probably development slow down a little bit, okay. um, just to keep that small town feel to the area, and then uh, the hope that everybody will spay and neuter their pets. Okay, Bob Barker and Elena. <laughs> from uh, Charles Animal Society in the studio this morning. That's great. That's good. Is there anything else uh, you think we should cover while we got you in the studio? Uh, no, I think, that, I think that's good. Okay. Well, I think, I well, thank you. Then, well, thank you for coming in. The, the one thing I would like to uh, give, I think I gave it to you already, is a, is a bag of pop popcorn. The Low Country's best popcorn. I hope you take it. I hope it fuels you through the day, fuels you through the weekend. Popped Popcorn is our sponsor. I am a huge fan of it. If you want to get pop popcorn, there's a couple different places you can get it. First, you can get it at Boone Hall Market before they close. I heard uh, recently that they're closing down, so hopefully not uh, not for long. But hurry up and get it at Boone Hall Market before they move. Coastal Cupboard, who's in Bell Hall, you can get it there. House of Brews on Ben Sawyer Boulevard. Two Blokes Brewery on Long Point, you can get it there. Indigo Reef Brewing, Clemens Ferry, you can get it at The Brick. You can get it at Mellow and Play Cafe, Oak Grove Brewing, and House of Brews on West Ashley. So... I'm not just, uh, they're not just a sponsor. I am a huge <laughs> fan of them. And as Carmen knows, I send her pictures of almost every bag that I go through. Why? It just makes me happy. At this point, I give a, a, a pro tip and I'm going to do what I did uh, last year when Katie Bloomquist was on. I'm going to pivot from a pro tip to a pro challenge. We're all blessed to live in the Charleston area. It's a really awesome spot. If you haven't taken some time to give back to the community in some way, now's the time to do it. Commit yourself to either volunteering, you don't have time and you've got some cash, send, send them a check. Maybe enter your family or your team in a chili kickoff, something to support a not-for-profit in the area. That is the Pro Challenge, building Charleston Pro Challenge of the week. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, I'd ask you to subscribe. You can uh, listen to us on your favorite podcast channels. You can also listen to us or watch us and listen to us on YouTube and Instagram, thanks to producer Tom Shakti. If you have a unique story that you think everyone needs to know or you want to sponsor an upcoming show, certainly let me know. Finally, if you're a business in the low country and you're looking to expand or relocate your business 
or you're just saying, hey, listen, I'm, I want to know what it's, uh, commercial real estate is like here in Charleston, certainly reach out to me. I'd be happy to show you how to do that. My contact information will be in the show notes to this episode as they are in every single episode. So with that, one last time, thank you, Elena. Thank you. Thank you to producer Tom Shakti. Thank you to the listeners and thank you to the sponsors. Go out there, everybody, and make it a great day. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Lowcountry's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, Give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com.